it's been my dream job. I love working here. I love helping people. I love that it's um, a very hand up program mm -hmm. where you, you're helping, you're empowering people. It's not just, you know, giving something to someone, although there's, you know, that's a feel good thing too, to give something to someone. Hey guys, this is Matt Helton with One Trust Home Loans, and this is the Serving Senior Podcast. And this is the podcast where we highlight those professionals that are serving seniors, allowing them to not just survive, but thrive in retirement. And we have a real, real treat for you today. Uh, we have Miss Kim Randall. She's the CEO of Williamson Murray Habitat for Humanity. And you may not know this, but they serve seniors at an extremely high level in some specific programs Kim's going to highlight today. So, Kim, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Matt. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for being here. I, uh, I've always respected you and your work ethic, and now it's awesome to hear your, uh, your position and how you can serve seniors as well as members of our community in Middle Tennessee. So congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to I'm happy to visit about the program that we that we started at. So should I just dive in or do you want to ask? Do no, I that's great. Maybe question? could you share uh, people kind of like to get to know uh, the background. So maybe share some background, maybe where you're from, you know, how you got into working with homeowners and seniors, and then maybe your evolution to where you are and your position you're in today would be great to hear. Well, I was born. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go back that far. Four score and seven <laughs> years ago. Born many, many moons ago. Um, uh, my degree was in journalism. I okay. went to the University of Alaska, um, and I graduated. Re rewind that. No, that's not. A, we don't hear that one too often. <laughs> University of Alaska. A little more detail, please. So, um, my parents are originally from where everybody here likes to vacation, um, 30A, Destin, okay, Fort Walton yep, Beach. That's, yep. that's where I was conceived. Um, my dad was in the military, so I was born in New Jersey, and I was raised in Florida and Texas until I was 15. And then when I was 15, my dad got transferred to Anchorage, Alaska, nice. which I cried all the way up there. We drove, and I cried the whole way for two weeks. <laughs> and, sure. Uh, oh, my gosh. Leaving Florida. Um, and then... Uh, I got settled there, graduated high school there, college, met my husband, um, and all three of my children were born there. And I, I thought we were just going to stay there forever. It was home. We had purchased a home and um, I was working as a teacher and life was good. And my husband decided he wanted to go back for his master's of architecture. And that was not offered in Alaska. So we moved to North Dakota for five years, which believe it or not, was way colder Really? Then, then Alaska, bitterly cold, and then also conversely super, super hot in the summer. Um, and then when that gig was up and he had his master's degree, we moved here to be near family. My husband's sister was living in Brentwood. Okay. And so we came down here so the cousins could all, you know, enjoy their teen years together. And so that's what we did. That so, is uh, quite, that's quite unique. So Alaska and then the Dakotas. Um, you yeah. specialize in living off the grid, it sounds like. You can make yeah. it anywhere. <laughs> We're a little, I mean, I think it seems that everybody in Alaska has a little prepper in, in them. You just, you just do. You have to have food. You have to have, I mean, there are times you can't get the things you need. So you got to be a little, little more prepared than the average person um, mm -hmm. down in the lower 48. So yeah, I, I still miss it. My sister's up there, um, but I'm, I'm 
glad to be down here. It, okay. it feels like my husband says he feels like he's on vacation every day living down here. Um, so we're really, we've enjoyed middle Tennessee. We moved here in 2007 okay. and, um, all of our, like all of our kids graduated high school here and have left the nest. Um, I have a 32 year old, a 30 year old and a 28 year old. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. You started when you were 12. I don't know how that I happened, was, but you must have been a child bride. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. And then, so did you jump into teaching when you moved here? as well? No, I, I, well, like I said, my degree was journalism. And so I started off in a newsroom. Um, and then I found I didn't, wasn't cutthroat enough. I was, really wasn't cut out to be a news person. Okay. Um, and then I ended up going, um, into social work. I did that for a number of years and then teaching. And then, um, I sort of fell into nonprofit leadership when I was in North Dakota. I worked for a, a nonprofit that Blue Cross Blue Shield had that was about helping children get health insurance coverage um, through, through some programs. And so I did that for a couple of years while we lived in North Dakota. And then I worked for Easter Seals and Muscular Dystrophy Association. And, um, and then I found Habitat and I've never looked back. It's just been, it's been my dream job. I love working here. I love helping people. I love that it's um, a very, hand up program mm -hmm. where you you're helping you're empowering people it's not just you know giving something to someone although there's you know that's a feel good thing too to give something to someone but it's a much better feeling to really feel like you're empowering and impacting somebody to change the trajectory of their lives for the better mm -hmm. so um i this is i've enjoyed it ever since i came here in 2013 and uh yeah in january of 2013 January of 2013. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe share your journey. Like what, what was your role you started with and how you worked up to be the, the current CEO? So I started, uh, it seems a lot of nonprofit leaders start in development. seems like a natural flow to um, leadership roles, but I started off as the director of development here. And uh, over time, then I became the vice president of development, chief development officer. And then uh, last year in about this time last year, I became the CEO after the previous CEO uh, moved, moved, left the, left the position and moved out of state. Okay. Gotcha. Good for you. Well, I've always known you to be a champion of the, of the underdog and the working for the little guy. So that's so awesome. Now that you're able to, uh, you're, you're the big girl working for the little guy. So um, that's, that's congratulations again. That's so awesome. Good for you. I guess maybe uh, we'll get into the program, but maybe share a little bit. What did you, um, anything now that you're in this role, is there anything that's different now that you're in the seat that you didn't, that you didn't understand when you were in development or anything yeah. that you're surprised about? The, the main thing, and it's not so much regarding the role as it's just a being, I mean, you know, me personally, we've met, you were on our board before. Thank you for that service, by mm -hmm. the way, but I am a petite blonde woman and, um, it's, it's interesting. And I don't know if it's a combination of, you know, being well over 50 years old now, and then also now having the title, but I, I feel more heard just as mm -hmm. a, I've been working in, in nonprofit leadership for a while, but I feel more heard. And there are a lot of people, I, I guess I just didn't realize because I'm not um, personally uh, 
I don't really pay attention a lot to the titles of people, but um, there are a lot of people that when they introduce me, this is Kim Randall. She's the CEO of Habitat for Humanity, Williamson Murian. So I, I guess it, I just guess that I I appreciate the, for lack of a better word, it's going to sound weird maybe, but the legitimacy that the title gives me in the eyes of some people that allow me to be heard and and to and to also spread the message more about what we're doing mm, um, mm-hmm. and not just be for someone maybe not to think that I know what I'm talking about or something like that. So it's, it's interesting. Um, I was just talking with another friend who has recently moved into a leadership role in a nonprofit and it's, she's had a similar kind of journey with that. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I've heard it said that, you know, sometimes people start out with, with no money and when they get money, doesn't money doesn't make you a jerk, but they say money makes you more of what you are. So if you're very giving and you're a nice person, it even makes you more that way. And I would assume, you know, quote unquote power would be the same way, right? You know, there's some people that would get the CEO after their name and they're more of a, you know what? And since you're such a nice mm-hmm. person, you know, that's probably made you more, I guess you could say nicer, but it yeah, also sure. made it where you could use your, your influence to positive. I could use my powers for good. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so you've just got a little more power, but now you've just got a little more influence, but the great thing is to use it for, for good purposes. So that's awesome. Congratulations again. That's so cool. Well, maybe share with us. I know. So a lot of people understand the mission of, of uh, Habitat. Maybe if you could spend, you know, 30 seconds on part of the mission, just overall mission. And then we could dive in for a few minutes on how you serve seniors in the critical repair program. Sure. So the, the mission of Habitat for Humanity and, and it it does vary um, area to area because we are we operate under an affiliated model. So we're not part of a big corporate nonprofit machine um, like some of your larger charities. We are, like I said, it's the affiliated model. So it's almost like a franchise type situation. Okay. Our Habitat affiliate was started 30 years ago um, in the basement of St. Philip's Church in mm-hmm. downtown Franklin by some concerned church leaders from I think five different churches that saw the need 30 years ago for affordable housing in Franklin. Uh, And so they started the program and they applied to Habitat International for uh, the the use of the brand. And so we pay a fee to Habitat International to use the brand. And then we also, because we're a faith-based organization, we tithe a portion of what we raise here locally to build in in developing countries. So we have tithe to Cambodia, uh, Vietnam, Kenya, Guatemala, numerous places. And our team, myself included, we've traveled to some of those locations to see that donation being put into action in building a home for family, building homes for families there. And also um, in in different areas, Habitat's allowed to really be responsive to the needs of that community. So we've done latrines, we've done wells, we've done things that people need, not not necessarily just housing. We really try to, and Habitat in general is, tries to be more in, inclusive and in, encompassing. And that's sort of how our program has grown. So we started off, um, as, as most people know, Habitat builds houses. Uh, we don't give the houses away. We sell the houses with an affordable mortgage to people who uh, meet income criteria and have um, the right debt to income ratio and don't have any outstanding liens. There's there's criteria. And then we sort of hold their hand and walk them through this program and prepare them for home ownership by um, 
putting them through first-time home buyer education, budget coaching, and then they put sweat equity going out on the build site, helping to build their homes and the homes of their neighbors that we're also building for. So it's a really um, pay it forward kind of program. And we also have our restore here, which I don't know if you all are familiar about a restore, but we have a restore here on Columbia Avenue. And what's great about that is that the restore, the revenue for, that we get from the restore, which sells home goods and building materials, pays the bulk of our admin costs here. So we don't have to worry about keeping the lights on or paying the salaries or buying my staplers. Um, we can focus on raising money to put into the programming. So that's why when we have the conversations with people about making donations, we can tell them that, you know, if somebody makes a donation for the program, we will can put that 100% directly into the building okay. materials for the home build or the critical repair project. Okay, nice. That's great. So they don't have to worry about donating a bunch of money and then it's paying for company cars and lavish vacations right. because we right. know... We know how we hear those horror stories about that. So 100% of the donations go towards the builds. Is that accurate? That's right. That's right. For sponsorships. If they're a sponsorship, yes. Yep. And we write grants for it too. And mm -hmm. that's right. Fantastic. That's great. And then how does the how did the uh, critical repairs come about? Who does that serve and how does that work? Well, as time has gone on, um, you being in the industry you're in, you're very aware of the lack of buildable land, affordable buildable land here in Williamson County. And so in 2016, 17, we used our last piece of land here in Franklin mm. that we could build a home on. We've done home builds in Fairview and in also in uh, Columbia. And so we were doing those programs and we started having people reaching out to us. Really what was the impetus of it is we had a woman who applied for a home and she had a home already that was falling down um, here in Franklin on Green Street. And we originally tried to just repair the home, but it had been through the 2010 flood and it was not gonna happen. It needed to be built up and you know floodplain and so on. So we ended up taking that house down and building her a new house, but that planted the seed in our minds and we became more aware of folks, especially in certain neighborhoods here in Franklin, that were older on a fixed income and their homes were in serious disrepair. Mm -hmm. They had holes in their roofs you could see outside. They had they had been living without HVAC. And sometimes the, the water heater was out. They're oh, boiling yeah. their water. I mean, just crazy, crazy things that you would not think of people living in Franklin would be dealing with, but they were. And so we started the program in 2016. Okay. And we have since then done I think 54 critical repair projects. Cow. And they're they could be as small as the the point of the program is to make the homes safe and accessible with the point of allowing folks to age in place, mm -hmm. for especially seniors, allowing seniors to be able to stay in their homes and not having their homes fall into disrepair. And, and so they're having to go live in some kind of um, assisted living or other type of living situation. And so um, we will go in and do an assessment of the home and we'll find out if they need something that is an accessibility need because they're aging now and they need a grab bar in their bathroom or they need a ramp to get inside 
or is it weatherization? Their windows are really poorly insulated and their air is blowing in or, or do they need new windows? Um, do they need a new roof? Do they need, so we, we do an inventory of what they do and the repair has to be critical. It can't just be, you know, new wallpaper or something like that. But um, we say we don't do flooring, but if it's a trip hazard or something like that, we will and have replaced the flooring in, in homes when the, the flooring is, is coming up. But okay. it's not just to replace it because it's 1980s, you know, mm -hmm. vinyl or something like that. Okay. So, that make, that then, makes sense. And then we ask the homeowners to, um, again, based on their income, we ask them to pay a, a percentage of what the repair is. And so, for instance, and it, it really is so specific, I couldn't even tell you what it would be, but okay. if the repair was $20,000 um, and based on their income and what their ability to pay is, you know, we might ask them to pay you know, $1,000 on a $20,000 repair. And then they would be able to pay it back to us over time with zero interest. Gotcha. Um, and so, and there are times when folks are just on such a tight string that they, and they're so low income that they don't pay it, they don't pay anything. But we really try to involve the community as much as possible because we found that a lot of community partners wanted to help with this. They want they oh it's a critical repair we want to come help, but if it's an HVAC system, you know Matt you can you can't come help me put in an HVAC system I can't go put in an HVAC no. system. And so what we do is if it, if we have to hire a professional for that we try to get somebody who's interested. So if we had a business or a civic group or Rotary Club that wanted to come help, um, we would find out what the the scope of the repairs would be. And then we would say, okay, we're going to have professionals come and do the HVAC or the water heater. And then how about you all come out and do kind of a brush with kindness and we'll work on the yard. We'll power wash the house um, and so, sort of some of those things and make it a, a volunteer day for the spo a sponsoring group if they wanted to do that. Okay. That's awesome. Well, uh, maybe share, Kim, if there was either someone listening or maybe it's for their parent or maybe... Uh, a business professional that works with seniors is listening. How would someone find out if they qualify? Like, how would they reach out to you guys? And how could they go they to our website? Okay. Yeah, go to our website. Um, it's it's the initials of our name, which it's a very long name. <laughs> so um, the name of our organization is is Habitat for Humanity Williamson Murray. So the white the website is h f is in Frank h w m dot org. You go there and then. Um, what does it say? It says, this is, this is where I'm glad we can edit. Um, I think it says, I think, it, I don't, I can't pull it up right now. That's okay. But it, it, it says critical repair. Critical um, repair. Yep. Critical repair. There's, there's probably a phone number they could reach out if they're not web people. Yes. They can call our main phone number, which is 615-690-8090. Um, uh, or they could always just email info at hfhwm.org and that will come to all of us um, and we'll be able to, to share. But um, I encourage people to apply. We have funds set aside that, fo that folks have donated. We've gotten a couple of uh, government grants. And so the, the money is here and we are looking for individuals that qualify that we can help. 
Okay. That's awesome. Well, I'd love to, there are several groups in um, Williams, even in Williamson, that would be good for you guys to either yourself or some representative. There's a geriatric council of Williamson County that meet once a month and it's anywhere between 30, sometimes up to 60 individuals that completely work with seniors. Um, that's their, you know, whether it's in-home care, facilities, doctors, physical therapists that focus on seniors. So that'd be a great place for you to get, you, I can get you the details on that. I think you guys would, would really meet some good people there. And then the other thing I was going to share with you, um, I'm sure there's a box that people have to go work in you know, not everyone that applies qualifies. And that's what I was speaking to your coworker about that. If you have someone that needs some work, that's where we would come in. If they didn't fit your box is we could help them effectively, efficiently, and ethically use some of their equity that they have in the home. Cause they probably have it paid off or close to paid off. We could show them, Hey, maybe you don't qualify to work with Kim. I wish you did. It would be cheaper because it's a great program, but there may be other alternatives. And that's where we could help seniors to possibly qualify for other options. That's a, so, so yeah, we can definitely, if that, if we have that situation as well, we can, we can refer those to those folks to you. Yep. That's, a, that's just, a really good resource. Yep. We would just kick it around. And then our program, we have several, we would look at all different traditional financing. We'd look at lines of credit and we'd also look at the HECM, which is basically FHA, some like THDA loans you work with the FHA base. FHA has a senior side and it's actually the new and improved reverse mortgage. So they've taken all the stuff that you've heard negative about reverse mortgages and they went through and revamped it. And it's basically um, all the positives, but not as many of the negatives, meaning that they can still, they still own the home. They can still pass it on to their family. They can sell it whenever they, whenever they like the only negative And the whole thing is, is, it is a reverse characteristic, meaning that you don't have to make a payment. So a lot of people, they, they think you can make payments, but most people don't. So the only negative is your balance increases. But like in a lot of these Franklin houses, you know, we may give them a hundred thousand dollars, but the house is worth four or 500,000. And, you know, maybe they live five, six, seven years. So when they pass, they owe 150, their kids still inherit it. The bank doesn't take their house. So there's still a lot of equity. But the main thing is, is they don't live in a disheveled house, um, tied on their budget. I mean, we see people that are eating beans and rice till the next social security check comes in when they've got uh -huh. a $500,000 home paid off, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. It's it, crazy here. It just doesn't yeah, make hard. sense. So yeah, that's uh -huh. definitely something we could work on. I can get you connected with that meeting. And then also, uh, if we could ever help, that would be great. Okay. That I would be, it. that would be, that would be awesome. Well, is there, um, before we run, I guess any professionals that you found that are good contacts for you guys that would be, uh, we want to make sure that we get this podcast to, whether real estate agents or people that work with seniors or contractors, builders. Oh, heavens, I didn't even, I wasn't thinking along those lines. I'm sure, yes. I cannot think of. That's okay. That well, right well the good news is our, 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 a lot of the people that do watch this either do in-home care they work with facilities and they focus on those people that are, you know, 60, 70 years old. So we'll definitely get those in the right spot. Any, um, anything I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? I don't think so. I'll, I'll probably think of something as soon as we disconnect. Right. But no, I think, I think we covered a, a lot of information. Hey, that's why, that's why we'll have to have a standing invitation. We'll have to do volume two at some point. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Kim, thank you so much for being here. Most importantly, thanks for being you and always um, focusing on having a heart of service and serving seniors. And likewise, I really appreciate you reaching out. 
Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for watching the Serving Senior Podcast, where we highlight those professionals like Miss Kim that serve seniors at a high level to make sure they don't just survive retirement, but they can thrive in their retirement. Thanks again. Have a great day. Hey, this is Matt Helton with One Trust Home Loans, home of Retirement Mortgage Solutions. And we really do appreciate you checking out the Serving Seniors podcast today. Now, please go to the description down in the body uh, of the podcast where you can subscribe to get future shows. Please click that notification button so you get notified when other shows drop. And also, if you can go to servingseniorspodcast.com, and we'd love to hear a comment about our show. We have a heart to serve seniors and we have a heart to make sure seniors don't just survive retirement, don't just get by in retirement. We want to show seniors how to thrive in retirement. So if you know of anyone that's 55 and older that could use some extra cash flow, maybe the retirement's not going the way that they like, our retirement mortgage solutions are designed for folks, depending on the state, they're either 55 or 62 and older, to make sure that they have that kind of retirement that they want. As long as they own a home and they're in a good equity position, there could be some solutions that they may not have thought about, or maybe they've thought of and they just didn't know how they work. That's what we do. So anyone in that age group that could use some mortgage advice, my team and I would love to be able to help them. Thanks again and look forward to seeing you on the next show. Have a great day.